1: That's right. Bullington Capital. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, feel free to call in with any questions you have today. This is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Uh, Also, this show is carried as a podcast on 955fish.com. So if you'd like to pick it up there, that's great. uh, You can go to my website and download it there. Um, And uh, we've got that posted there as well. Not sure why anybody would want to do that, but just in case you did... (laughs) Anyway, I want to talk a little bit about, we've got a a seminar coming up, it's going to be Saturday morning, and I have to look to see, I think it's the 13th, I'm pretty sure it is, but I just want to make sure, absolutely, and uh, here we go, yep, Saturday, July 13th, that's 8.30 a.m., and we're going to talk about the 60-second retirement plan and risk control, Uh, the two most important. Well, two of the most important concepts in financial planning is uh, controlling the amount of risk you're taking and uh also being able to know how much money you're going to need to be able to retire. And why is that important? You know, I'm really fond of saying this, by the way, that number is so big and financial literacy is so low and it's not being taught even in college. You know, I, I guess, you know, I shouldn't say that because it's been a long time since I've been to <laughs> since I've been to college. It wasn't taught when I was in college. And I know now they have degrees that you can get in financial planning which I I find kind of funny um to have a degree in financial planning I don't know it, it's not as long, it's not as complicated as I think it it's made out to be and we'll talk a little bit more about why that is uh later on in today's show but the uh complications make things some some things are, are naturally complicated, but most things are not. The vast majority of things are pretty simple. Where I find people get most hung up in their financial plans and hung up about what they're doing, uh how they're doing it, is really when they get to a problem that they're facing where there is no perfect answer. And the answer is actually going to be an estimate. In other words, a guess. Hopefully a well-educated guess. But if you're going to estimate your life expectancy, for example, that's a big one. I get people all the time saying, well, how much money can I spend? Well, to know exactly what that is, you're going to have to know exactly when you're going to die. Now, if you know that, don't tell me that creeps me out. <laughs> but in order to know that, you'd actually have to know, you know, the date you're going to die and then uh, then i could tell you and by the way and and then you're going to have to if you want a, a guarantee you're going to have to use cd's or treasury something like that something that's not paying a whole lot of money right now and uh you probably won't be really happy with the answer <laughs> so it's misery all around <laughs> you're miserable because somebody won't give you the answer and i've had people that that tell me that i know the answer i just won't give it to them Imagine sitting there and, and having somebody say, say that to you. Yeah. It doesn't happen often, but you know, thank thank goodness. I mean, it doesn't happen often, but anyway, so you have to come up with estimates and this is where it gets tricky because when you're estimating, you're basically taking a well-educated guess. Hopefully it's well-educated. Hopefully you're just not guessing because I've seen that happen too. And. That's like tossing a quarter. But if you gather as much information as you can and you come out with a halfway decent projection, you know you should probably hit those goals. What are the halfway decent projections? That's what we're going to be talking about at that seminar. What kind of things should you be using? What kind of numbers should you be using? How much risk should you be taking to try to, to reach those goals? And uh, all that stuff is its actually a lot simpler than than you think it is. It's very difficult to talk about it on the radio because I can't show you anything. I can't show you the graphs. I can't show you the, the potential outcomes. That's why we're going to do the seminar. And the seminar is pretty quick. Like I said, this is not as complicated as, as most people think it is. And, uh, you know, the, one of the people, uh, I call them the complicators, you know, just because I like to keep things as simple as possible and I look at what people are doing and they're they're complicators. They make everything more complicated than necessary. You ever meet anybody like that? I'm surrounded by them. <laughs> my whole industry is made up of complicators. And then you get the simplifiers like myself, and we're probably 1% of that population. The vast majority of people in my industry would rather uh, baff- baffle you with statistics Than to say, all right, let's let's do something practical because practical means you're not going to have to spend that much time with it. And for some reason, they just like to spend an awful lot of time pondering the unponderable. How long am I going to live? You know, what's the inflation rate going to be? By the way, that's the Social Security question. What's the when's the best time for me to take Social Security? Okay, we're back to how long are you going to live? If you don't know how long you're going to live, you can't possibly know what the best answer is going to be. By the way, and this is what, this is the thing that really gets a lot of people. The best answer will not be known until it's too late to do anything about it. (laughs) Unless you get lucky. You could get lucky. I'd say, I don't know. I think only the good die young, so I'm probably living to 120. So. Think about that for a second. (laughs) I'm just going to plan on living forever, by the way. So the bottom line is I'm going to plan on my money lasting. I'm going to plan on living within a a certain budget that I think I'll be able to afford. And it's an estimate. It's just an estimate. And if everything goes according to plan, I should leave at least as much money as I started with, hopefully a little bit more. Think about that for a second. That's, That's a big deal. If you, uh, and if you haven't thought about any of these thoughts, you know, you really need to. In fact, they should start teaching this to kids when they're about 12. Like, how much do you need? If you're, if you were going to withdraw 5% a year from your savings, how much would you need to have in savings to give you $25,000 a year? If you're going to withdraw 5% from your savings, how much do you need to get 25000 a year? By the way, do you know any 5% CDs right now? Because if you do, I let me know. We'll buy them all. We'll take a, a half of a point for ourselves and give 4.5% to everybody else, and we'll get rich. <laughs> a 4.5% CD <laughs> right now we will, will get you rich. You'd actually be very rich doing that, selling those. Um Unfortunately... You'd have to take a lot of risk to make that interest because you've got all your expenses you have to cover and then to pay out four and a half percent. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it's a state of affairs. It's just, it's re- very difficult right now. Uh, it's difficult unless, unless you believe like I do that the stuff that's going on in the economy, some of the developments, even with China, you know, China's starting to come around a little bit and play ball that if we stay on that path, now you've got GDP growth around the world that could be substantially higher than it's been probably in the world history. The uh, that's an amazing thing. You've got technology coming on uh, right now that's being introduced that's going to employ people. We've got a shortage of workers. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's a good problem. Got a lot of jobs. So the kids coming out of college, if they get the right training, they can step in and, and fill those jobs. And you know, the, uh, I get asked a lot. Okay. Well, which company is going to do the best from that? It's not going to be one company. <laughs> it's, it's going to be lots of companies. Actually, it's going to be all companies. Cause you know why the companies that are creating this technology that they're rolling out right now, as I speak, people are buying it today. It's, they're building out the infrastructure to support this across the country. Verizon, AT&T, the, uh, Hundreds and thousands of companies you've never heard of before because they make the little component pieces that go into that network. That's a big deal. All those people who are selling more than they've ever sold in their lives, who can't keep up with the orders, drive cars, live in houses, wear clothing, hopefully, and eat food. (laughs) I always have to throw that hopefully in there. That's probably, you know, I'm sure all tired of hearing that, but I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) But uh, so what I'm saying is those people, they're, they're people. It's just like little kids. You're like, well, how can expensive could it be to have a kid? That's somebody who's never had a kid. <laughs> somebody who's never had a kid goes, well, how expensive could it be? Well, guess what? <laughs> One of these days you're going to find out. Well, hopefully you find out because I've got to tell you, having kids has been the highlight of my life. Yeah, that's awesome. You know why kids are so expensive? Because they're worth it. <laughs> it's a blast, yeah. But I'm telling you, those little ones—they eat like a lot sometimes. <laughs> my kids eat crazy. They Have to change diapers, you know. They wear clothing that they grow out of in six weeks. It Has to be purchased again. So uh, again, back to it. You know, this is crazy. I'm probably uh, most people probably think I'm losing my mind. But all this stemmed from. The need to have education, financial education, uh, it's very necessary. How much do you need to be able to get by? Well, let's just use the, uh, the, the common rate today is four and a half percent. That comes from, from BlackRock. That's a, BlackRock's the largest asset manager on the planet, six and a half trillion dollars. They've got all this artificial intelligence and all these supercomputers going to this. So they say, well, well, the sustainable rate is about four and a half percent. Okay. I believe you did your research because I've done a background check personally. I talk to your people all the time. Uh and it all checks out. So four and a half percent. I say five, just to round it up, it keeps the math easier. But uh somewhere between four and six percent is actually what most pensions do. So anyway, let's say let's just say five percent. I'm gonna take a uh add a half a percent to that. What does that do? Well, it increases the risk a little bit. It does. It increases the risk because if you're taking out four and a half percent. You're not taking out quite as much as you would if you took out 5%. um, But since I'm not sitting here with a calculator, (laughs) I'm going to use the 5%. So 5% of a million dollars is $50,000. So That's how much it takes. It takes about a million dollars to be able to uh, pay out 5% if that's what your average annual return was. So if your average annual return is only 3%, or if it's only 2%, and you're taking out 5%, well, you're spending part of your principal. And, uh, over time, that money's still probably going to last 20, 25 years, even at that lower rate. And the fact that you're spending the principal out. And I guess it comes back down to how, you know, long your life expectancy is. I know I'm really probably losing 99% of the people that are listening to this by getting too detailed, but the, uh, that's why we're doing this seminar. <laughs> because we'll go through this again. And it's really not that hard. Just take the amount of money that you'd like to have, divide it by .05. I'm giving everybody a calculator, a free one, by the way, that comes in because we're going to do this. We're going to run through this. You can figure out what your number is. Where do you need to be? What do you want to do? What kind of lifestyle do you want to have? That, uh, how much will it cost? But just take an estimate, a guess, a ballpark. Okay. And if you don't know, the easy one is to take about 80% of what you're making now And use that number. So if you don't know, because I get this a lot, I get this a lot. How much do you need to be able to retire? Well, I don't know. How old are you? 62. (laughs) What? (laughs) Okay. Well, here's what we need to do. (laughs) We need to take your current income and actually you can get by on 75% of your current income without too big of a hit. And as soon as we come back from these commercial messages, I'll tell you how and why you only need 75% and how you can generate that. Anyway, you're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned.
0: Control. This was the one thing you didn't see coming in. No God above.
1: And we're back. So we're just having a conversation about retirement planning. And I talked about why you probably could get by on 75% of what you currently make. Well, here's the first thing. 75% of what you currently make uh, is going to be reduced because you're no longer contributing to Social Security or Medicare. Now you're getting ready to take money out. So that gets you down to 93%. You're probably saving somewhere between 10 and 15% hopefully minimally 10% cuz uh if you're not saving y- 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 you just have to keep working you know the but let's say you're saving 10% if you're saving 10% of your income in your 401k plan by the way that's the best place to do it the 401k the 403b we'll talk about that a little bit later i'm always going to talk about that the uh, um that's the best place and, and you know i've had people over the years go hey bill when you say that, you know, you're telling them to invest with someone else, not you. Yeah, you know why? Because it's the best thing to do. <laughs> because they'll accumulate a whole lot more money that way than they will trying to do it through a $6,000 IRA contribution. Give me a break. The uh, So anyway, and that's, by the way, one of the reasons that, um, or one of the uh, um, things that a registered fiduciary has to do they have to tell you which way you're gonna be better off, yeah even if it means passing up some business and I just want you, I'd rather you be successful especially on an amount of money that's that uh it's gonna be really significant at some point in time but you know it's gonna do you a lot better more good that way than it's gonna do me and uh you know hopefully that's just part of being part of Bullington capital I guess. Yeah, I really want to see you do well. I really do, with or without me. Yeah, because it's a big deal. It it affects everybody at some point in time. It affects the entire country. Anyway, back to the seventy five percent rule. I always digress like that. I'm I'm always getting off the subject. Sorry. So how did you get by on seventy five percent? Well, you're not saving money anymore. Uh, you're not paying Social Security and Medicare. And what happens is when you start to collect Medicare, your health insurance premiums drop like a rock. Now I have a high deductible plan that I just switched to, by the way, and in fact it doesn't go into effect until July second. So my high deductible plan is uh, my costs close to thousand dollars a month. That's what I'm paying on top of the deductible that I'll be paying. So Medicare is one of the greatest inventions. You know, what the average Medicare payment is it's about three hundred fifty bucks, which is still a lot of money, okay. but it's not twelve hundred bucks with a three thousand dollars deductible. <laughs> so it's a lot less. Your medical expenses, actually, for people on Medicare, that is one of the greatest, most successful programs that's ever been invest that invented. I don't know the uh, you can say what you want to about it. Uh, it's a good program and it works, works very well. In fact, that's why you get people saying, "Well, Medicare for all." I don't. I'm not sure we can do that. I'm just not sure the 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 budget. I'm I'm not sure we'd take it because the Medicare is the single largest line item in the federal budget. It's not the military. It's not the buildings. It's not the employees. It's not even Congress, which really shocked me. I mean, think about that. You put people in charge of paying themselves. What are they going <laughs> to? What are they going to pay themselves? Yeah, just kidding, but kind of. Anyway, Medicare is a big uh, outlay. So if you have a good program, uh, and we're going to, I'm going to get some specialists on to talk about this because this this is a big deal. When you get to the point that you're eligible for Medicare. Oftentimes, you know, I've actually seen people who've, who have not had health insurance. They were taking such a huge risk. And then they get up to that point where they're eligible for Medicare. First time in all their lives they've had health insurance. That's mind-boggling. So it's a, uh, it's a good program. Uh, you get a supplement policy. And I'm sure that, uh, uh, you know, if, if you're an administrator at a hospital, you're probably rolling your eyes because they fixed the amount that you can charge uh, but um, you know, I understand that too. I don't know what the solution is to the healthcare problem, but for an individual investor, an individual's got a family to take care of. Medicare is a great program, and your medical expenses are probably actually going to go down. They're literally going to go down. Now, I've seen this is going to really rile all those people that talk about you know you're going to spend two hundred fifty thousand in your lifetime over the people that sell the product for to fill that gap, the medigap. I don't know if you know what that is or not. At some point in time, you'll find out whether it's you or your parents. The uh, um, there's a gap. It doesn't pay for everything. You need insurance for that, and that's what I was talking about the, the three fifty. And then you add to the the premium. You're probably right around five hundred dollars a month is probably the average. But that should be an all in thing. Incidentally, that should be an all in thing where it's not much more than that. And if you're like I am, you know, mine's a lot more than that. Mine's three times that amount. Okay, so that's my point. I've beleaguered this to death, but my point is that your health care insurance, your health care costs will be more fixed when you're on Medicare than they are when you're not. So, and it's going to, they're actually less than people that are below the Medicare age are paying. If you're below Medicare, you're probably paying more money for health insurance. So, whew, Long-winded answer. You're saving 10%. You're not paying into Social Security or Medicare anymore, and your health expenses go down. That's why you can probably live on 75% of what you're currently making. Now, I say probably because I know a lot of people, especially young people, who can't live on what they're making now and are going further and further into debt. Okay, That's a problem. That's an issue. You need to fix that. You know, that's, it's a tough problem. I get it. That's typically why you may want to talk to an advisor. How can I save money? And, and by the way, here's my, uh, this is how I like to do planning. Everybody has different ways, different tastes, uh, in investing. We'll be talking about this a little bit at the seminar. There, there are two basic styles and then there are tons of variations in between, but, uh, The two styles of financial planning are goal-based financial planning. That's where you say, okay, I think if I had $2 million and I'm taking out 5%, that's $100,000 a year. Between that and my Social Security income or my pension, I could get by fine. And most people could, by the way. That puts you up in the top 10% of the uh, population. So actually probably more like the top five if you had a pension let's say you have a pension and it's $5,000 a month i see that a lot i've seen a lot more than that actually uh or let's say it's only $2,000 so $2,000 pension that's $24,000 a year okay. and i'd like to have 50,000 bucks i got to come up with um 26,000 out of my pocket 26,000 is 5% of 520 you know how i knew that because i wrote it down i'm just kidding the uh yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> there's some little math tricks I'm going to show you at the seminar so you can figure this out as quickly as I just did. The uh, it, it doesn't work if you ask me what .658934% of something is because I, I have to get my calculator out for that one. But the uh, bottom line is there are some tricks, and uh, I'll show them to you because this is not that complicated. So if I, I wanted 50000 bucks, and I'm going to get $2,000 a month from Social Security, I only have to come up with 26000 on myself by myself. I'm going to pull out 5%. It's $520,000. That's my number. There you go. 520000 So $50,000 is what I think I can get by on. I'm going to get $2,000 a month. I need a little over $500,000. See, that's the shocker. You should be telling this to people when they're like 12. You should tell this to a 12-year-old. You know why? They don't get shocked. They don't really, uh, I guess, comprehend like what life's all about yet. <laughs> So it's good to plant that seed before they start you know, going down a path and uh, can't get out of a, a trap where they're spending more than they actually earn, where when you add their credit card payments and their rents and car payments and student loan repayments, when you add it all back, it comes up to 110% of their monthly income. That's pretty common. And they have to come back to mom and dad, and mom and dad have to help them while they're working full-time and have a college education. That's See, that's the state of affairs for a lot of people. And I think, uh, see, my biggest problem is I can say this stuff. You know, and 12-year-olds, 12, uh, 12 by the way, they can get it. You have them in a the little calculator like this. They understand that. And I really think that should be done. And I think that's something that, uh, uh, man, maybe sooner or later we'll try to get around to it. But that's what we're doing now. You know, people, Nobody's shown this to anybody. I've never seen this. All the years I've been in the business, I kept thinking, you know, somebody's bound to do this sooner or later. I guess it's just too simple. And they just like to make it a lot more complicated than it needs to be. Now, And I understand the personalities that want to get down into the nitty-gritty, get down into the really super fine details. Thank God for people like that. Because if not, the space shuttles would be blowing up left and right. (laughs) You need those type of people who can do that. So... I'm really digressing. People wonder what does this have to do with investing? What's got everything to do with investing? Because you're going to have to invest. You're going to be you're going to be coming up into financial markets where interest rates are so low, you'll never be able to save up enough money just in an interest rate program like CDs, even the uh, you know high yield bonds or preferred stocks. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine you know, this morning. He's talking about some preferred stocks that make a lot of sense, but he's, and he pointed out the interest rate risk. If interest rates were to ever go up, you know, these would go down a lot. Yep. That would be not good. Uh, unless you expected it, unless you knew that that opportunity or opportunity, unless you knew that that outcome existed, the possibility for that outcome is and you were prepared for it. Okay. And then you're fine. But if you think that you're going to get a, a 5% rate of return that's guaranteed because this is a preferred stock and they call it a perpetual, which means it never runs out. It doesn't have to run out to cost you a lot of money. If you buy it 25 bucks and now it's selling for $5 but you're still getting the 5% that you got on it when it was $25 but if you sell it and it's $5 that's a problem. Can you see that problem there? Uh, if you paid, let's say you bought 10,000 shares at 25 bucks. What is that? 10,000 times 25. The, uh, my mind is going to 250,000. Yeah. And then it's selling for 50,000 and it shows up on your statement that way. You think you'd be upset? Probably. Okay. That's called market risk, by the way, or interest rate risk. I'm sorry. The, uh, so the risk free stuff is all right around 2% or so. The risk free stuff's around around 2% or so. Now go to any calculator online, put in a 2% growth rate and put in what you're saving. Project that out over 10 or 20 years and see what it comes up to. The answer is going to be not much. It's not going to be much more than you actually put into it. So if you're invested in stocks, bonds, cash, got a, uh, uh, portfolio that even if it's only going, going to do four or 5%, it's going to be more than twice as much as the 2% over a 20-year time period. And Think about that. So you run a balanced fund, not too much risk, and it does more than twice as good as the people who are afraid and kept all their money in the bank or in CDs or in treasuries. And hopefully the people that bought the uh, preferred stocks, hopefully interest rates don't change and scare them out because this is what happens, by the way. When interest rates go up two or three percent, and those perpetual preferred stocks drop by 25 or 30 percent in value, a lot of people have a tendency to panic and sell those things. You know, the, uh, nobody told them that that could happen, so that when it happens, they're shocked, and they panic and they sell. and now they're lacking in those losses. Those losses are locked in. See these are all the kinds of things. Uh, you know, we think about a lot and then I've been talking with some of my clients. It, it, it amazes me that some of my clients don't realize that I do financial planning every day. <laughs> they, they look at me like, Oh, well, you're just a stock guy. Really? That, that's all you think I do? Yeah. Because I can tell you, I wish that was all I had to do. My days would be a couple of, yeah, you know, 45 minutes, you know, cause that's really all you need to, to spend. On most stocks. When you're spending more time than that, it's because you like it. It's not because you want to or you have to. It's because you like doing it. You like reading about it. Uh, Sooner or later, by the way, the the number of stocks that are available to invest in has shrunk by seventy percent in my career. The number of stocks that are available has shrunk by seventy percent. Is that a good thing or bad? I don't think it's that bad of a thing. There's still several thousand. And, uh, you can, and they're typically stocks coming public, not as much as before, but I get the feeling I am put it, I've put like half of all four of my listeners to sleep. (laughs) So I'll start to talk about some, uh, uh, better stuff like the days that are ahead of us. Now I'm just amazed. I'm absolutely amazed. This is a great time to be an investor. A great time to be an investor. In fact, the interest rate risk that we were talking about before is very low. Extremely low. So what does that mean? You can actually not have to worry about that so much. You don't have to worry as much about your preferred stock or your high yield or your long term bonds going down a lot. If they haven't already gone down, they're probably going to be hanging out for a while. So it's going to be more stable. I think the The economy worldwide is improving. I don't think that. I know it. I see the statistics. Everybody's worried about China slowing down. Don't worry about China slowing down. Nothing runs in a straight line. It goes up and goes down. In the long run, it goes higher. It does go higher. Markets are not ahead of themselves. When you look at things like an earnings yield, other thing we'll talk about, that's going to take me all of um, three minutes at the seminar. How can you tell with this, whether a stock's overpriced or not? I used to call it a 60 second test. I'm just going to, I'll still call it that because it takes about 60 seconds to look up the data and to do it now. Especially it's not going to take 60 seconds when you have 5G. <laughs> when you have 5G, it's going to be like bam. I mean, it's there. And you'll actually talk to your computer by the way. Remember that movie Star Trek? That was hilarious. Scotty comes up to this laptop computer and starts talking to it. He's like, "Computer?" <laughs> and and it doesn't work cuz we weren't that advanced yet, and he didn't know that. So he start he gets this frustrated look on his face, and then he starts typing and the guy's typing super fast. He just had those skills, they were honed. That was a a, a genetic Morphosis that people in the future have. They can all type super fast. (laughs) And uh, I just thought that was so funny. Talk about prophetic. You know, when that movie was made, I think that was in the eighties. I think it was the eighties. I have to go back and check, but it was way before any, before Alexa or before Google voice, or what's the one that, uh, what's the Apple one and get in my car and, and mine talks to me in a, uh, female voice somewhere from Australia or New Zealand. I can't say home the way she does when she says call home. <laughs> I still can't get there. Anyway, how much further ahead were these guys? And this is coming. This is, this is actually showing up now. You'll be able to talk to your computers. You'll be able to talk to your houses. And it takes people to create those products. We're going to get paid. We're going to eat food, live in houses, drive cars, and wear clothing. And we'll talk about how that's going to impact the economy as soon as we come back from these commercial messages. And we're back. Hey, I forgot to tell you, you can call in here two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. I just got rambling, which I have a tendency to do a lot. The, uh, the more crap that goes into your mind, the more comes out of your mouth. I think yeah. <laughs> that's not crap. It's yeah, there's a lot of good stuff here. In fact, you know, there are things that I wasn't told. You know I, I learned when I got into the field. Um, they're still not teaching this, and this is this, this is not good. Uh, actually the financial planning colleges that have financial planning degrees and majors, they're teaching a very sophisticated form of it. It's very sophisticated. It's not better. It's sophisticated. It means that you have to know a lot more. Now, occasionally it does pay to know the more sophisticated stuff occasionally. And that's a good thing. If you're going to call yourself a professional, you should probably know those things. But for the average person, for the vast majority of us, what you really need is how much money do I need to support my lifestyle? How much risk should I be taking to reach those goals? How much risk am I taking when I'm already retired and I'm pulling money out of my account? And I've got extremely simple guidelines that you can use that are extremely effective. It's kind of like a Hitting a golf ball, you know, you ever watch, you ever listen to a, a tape on how to hit the golf ball, right? You get so many opinions out there, it's unbelievable. And the reality is you want to try to swing as hard as you can and you want to try to make the club head flat when it strikes the ball. Okay, that's what you're trying to do, right? Especially if it's a if it's a drive, maybe not so much on do- different types of shots. And the reason I say that is because I always get these nitpickers these people who are the complicators that like to look at each and every detail. They can't see the forest for the trees. And they always say, well, you didn't say. And uh, Well, okay, I did. <laughs> I've thought of that too. And like I said, not every situation is going to be super simple. You need to know some, cer- some certain things. I got to tell you, I have a, a client who was riding a motorcycle. And a tree fell on him. How likely is that? How do you predict that? And, uh, it's only 50. That's, that's crazy. That's, that, that's one of the more bizarre things I've seen in my career. The, uh, and this guy's got, uh, you know, that unbelievable and, and his wife's, you know, in total turmoil. So, you know, there are lots of things, situations that come up and fortunately we're, we've been able to, to work with her and get her in touch with the right people to handle those really complicated issues like that. And that's one of the big things you should look for in your advisor. Uh, I would not, I would be afraid to look to someone who says they can do it all. That would scare the dog out of me, you know, because an example I like to give oftentimes is a, you know, an MD is a doctor, but you probably don't want him doing your brain surgery because he's going to give you a 20% discount. Does that make sense? I mean brain surgery is very specific. It's got you have to have a lot of training for that. An MD is real job is to be able to recognize when you need that neurosurgeon and bring them into the process. Gives you the referral. Understands enough to know what your needs are and can refer you to the right people. Now that should be the role of a financial planner. Because if you're trying to do all that stuff, there is no way. I mean, to stay up with rules regarding retirement plans, personal liability insurance, taxes, which, you know, there are people who do nothing but taxes in this world. Why? Because it's an important big job. In fact, I have an enrolled agent that I refer to people to when they have questions. I pay them. I pay them. So my clients are not paying them. And it's great that the, uh, relationship's awesome. I have a question. You know, he answers it. If he doesn't know, he gets back to me. I'm going to have him on the show here in the summer. The, uh, yeah. but that, and that's really what when you go to financial pl- planners, when you're looking for them, if, you know, if somebody says that they can do it all, you shouldn't walk away from that meeting. You should run like as fast and as hard as you can and don't stop running and pretend you're Forrest Gump. <laughs> Just run, Jenny. <laughs> I'm kidding. Kind of. But uh, anyway, we've got a seminar coming up. And we're going to talk about a lot of these concepts. You know, even picking stocks. Stocks can be boiled down to: all right, how do you think this company is going to do? How much in sales do they have? How much in profit have they had during their lifetime? Everything else that you're going to look at is going to be speculation. Will, the guy that took Steve Jobs' place, and my mind is going, is his name Cook? I, I can't remember right now. I've just been talking too much. Anyway, are they going to do as well without Joni Eyes? He was the, uh, the guy, the creative director that, that came up with the concepts for a lot of the products that, that made Apple the company they are today. So he left the company recently. Are they going to do as well? Who knows? Don't don't really know. Um, is Hershey's going to sell as much chocolate next year as it did last year? I don't know. Probably, hopefully. They're going to try. In fact, I'm pretty sure they're going to try to sell more. But you just don't know for sure. But you do have a history. And what what uh, bothers a lot of people is that you can't tell them for sure what that's going to be. And you're going to go through life completely frustrated with that personality type. If you need to know exactly what things are going to be, you know what I would plan on working as long as you possibly can, because you're probably going to have to stick with investments that have really strong guarantees that, uh, you know, like government bonds, CDs, because if you really have a need to know exactly what's going to happen and you can't say, well, I understand I'm going to have to take some risk. Then you should probably stay in those things and just plan on working longer. There's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, you will be more successful doing that than you will trying to do something you're uncomfortable with because the chances of you earning a substantial return higher than what you can get guaranteed in the stock market if you're not pretty comfortable watching stocks fluctuate, that the probabilities of you doing well are pretty low. They're pretty low. So, And that's another reason that an advisor is really important. An advisor can sit down and talk to somebody, look at what they're doing, look at the types of investments they have, listen to the what they're saying about it, expressing their needs, fears, and wants, and can evaluate and say, hey, you know what? Maybe you can actually afford to take a little bit more risk. Or hey, you know what? Maybe you should take a little bit less risk. And risk is not the past track record, by the way. That's not, you know, how's it done in the past one, three, and five years? That's the worst mistake you can make. You need to know it's It's not that simple, I mean, I wish it were that would be awesome. I would have been doing something completely different with my life if that was as simple as it was to manage money. Just give me the best one three five year track record. <laughs> you know every librarian would be a billionaire. <laughs> it's a little more complicated than that, but it doesn't need to be too complicated. I haven't seen any. Stocks lately coming up on my scans, by the way, and I am going to, I'm going to show you that too. Mike Seegers is a intern at uh, case. We've been working on this, uh, behind the scenes and it, it's almost ready to go. So I'm, uh, excited about that. Uh but I haven't seen a, a ton of stocks that look like super awesome and have super awesome charts lately. And that's one of the challenges of that type of investing. When you want to be more active, you want to take a role, you want to pick some stocks. You're going to go for months, sometimes a couple of years, and nothing is going to come up that looks overly attractive. Number one, you won't have time to read all the financial statements on the several thousand stocks that are out there to choose from. So you're going to have to. You're going to have to wait until you get some sort of a, a sign. You're going to have to develop some, like, here's one of the signs that I like. This song over the past 90 days, this stock is in the top 10% of all performers. It's going up now. I like that. You know why? Because you know how you make money on a stock is when you buy it and the share price goes up. Yep. It's that simple. <laughs> if you buy a stock in the share price, By the way, what's more likely to go up? A stock that's going up right now or a stock that is crashing? And this is something that, uh, that actually, you know, that's not actually common sense because some of us, especially in my age bracket, we were always taught buy low, sell high. That is the worst advice I've ever heard for the wrong personality type. Because some people don't have the personality for that. They will never succeed doing that. And that was given, that was a common, Yes, buy low, sell high. The uh, worst piece of advice I think you could ever give anybody. You know what? It reminded me of this saying that uh, things tend to get darkest right before they go pitch black. <laughs> and you buy low, sell high. That you, You're buying stuff that's down. Normally, it's down for a reason. Okay. Occasionally, you can come in, look at a company, and maybe... It's got some redeeming qualities. You shot, you f- saw it on the new low list, made a new 52-week low. And maybe the stock starts to bottom out. Now, here's my point. If you looked at that stock, let's say it starts to run. You think it's going to go up for more than 90 days if, it, if it's a really good stock? Probably. Now, I hear the music. I talked way too much today, and the show's over. So listen, if you have a question, feel free to call me. My Go to my website. My number's there, 330-664-0700. You can sign up for the seminar coming up on July 13th, 830 in the morning. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck and good investing.
0: You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420. The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. Past performance
1: may not be indicative of future results.
0: from the advisor or any other investment professional. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.